We would like to say a special thank you to Lisa and Tim Rave for sponsoring this week's episode. Mm-hmm. So when you think of an imperative, you know, when I had teenage kids, um, I gave them a par- an imperative, be home by 11. <laughs> Am I giving them a choice? No. No. <laughs> you know, it's going to get done or it's not going to get done. But when now God gives the imperative, such as let there be light, interesting enough, that's an imperative. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Following his baptism and temptation, Jesus continues to show us how God is constantly using unexpected people and ways to bring about his word. The shepherds, John the Baptist, the region of Galilee, and, in today's text, the fishermen. When we all expect the Messiah to deliver a more perfect law, Jesus delivers the opposite, forgiveness. Dr. Chris Krogan explains the verse Martin Luther used to kickstart the Reformation, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And spoiler alert, to be repented is a passive act. Let's get to it. Here's Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Dr. Chris Krogan with us this week. Oh, Thanks energy, for being here. Energy, energy. <laughs> Dr. Krogan. Good, good to be here. How are you, Dr. Krogan? I'm well. Good. Do we need to ask you a get-to-know-you question, too? Well, you sure can. I might not share much, but... <laughs> okay, fine. We'll skip it. <laughs> kind of a private kidding. person. I don't like... I don't have have you had media. any trips to Spain recently? Not recently. Nope. Nope. Before this trip is... I did go to Alaska this summer, so good. I guess that you know. Yeah, any big takeaways from Alaska? 
Yeah. There's it? some big fish. I caught some big fish. Good. Mm-hmm. Did you go there? Fitting. Fish fish yeah, fisher, yeah. fisher of men. I actually. <laughs> fisher of yeah. fish. You are yeah, a fisher. I was a fisherman. I can relate. They, it's a smelly job at times. Let me sure. put it that but way. Someone's got to do it. But someone's got to do it. Yeah. Right. Did you go there for the purpose of fishing? No. I have had kids up there. Oh. So. Okay. Good. That's a nice leeway into the text Fisherman, for today, actually. Yes. Sure so of, thank yes. you for that. Yep. Fisher of kids and Fisher fish of kids, and, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're in the, the fourth chapter of Matthew's gospel. And maybe uh, uh, first verse, now when Jesus heard that John had, had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. Uh, maybe, Dr. Krogan, you can begin in just a word of context, uh, especially with this word now. Yeah. It presumes you've know something prior in right. some way. It's a transition word. And what, what's Jesus transitioning from? Well, he was just out being ministered by the angels because he'd been out in the wilderness and uh, dealing actually with what he's going to deal with now when he goes out and preaches the gospel, which is he's going to take up arms against sin, death, and the devil. But that specifically was the devil. So this is right after the temptation text, which is, by the way, right after him being baptized by John, so that leads us into the very next part after the now, which is John had been arrested. So there's a little bit of a change of fortune for John. We heard a couple of weeks ago, Jesus being baptized by John. And now all of a sudden John's thrown into jail. Mm-hmm. And so that in itself is a bit of a, you know, kind of a, oh, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Usually you're not really a, a preacher of the gospel unless you've been arrested at least one time or been <laughs> I haven't been arrested That should have been our question to him. <laughs> exactly. How many times have you when? been arrested? <laughs> I got a technical foul at a high school basketball game as a, as a, as a preacher uh, one time. But. <laughs> we won't get into this, but you've ha- you have some entertaining stories from your college years. Uh, no, nothing, nothing that has me in, in, no, uh, let arrested, away in half but you've handcuffs. Got some co- no, but you've got some funny, colorful stories. Well, I remember uh, from North for the sake of the gospel. You still have time, Dr. Krogan. That's all I'm saying. If I hang around you, maybe it'll happen. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so um, uh, Christ uh, uh, withdraws yep. uh, to Galilee. That's a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 not unlike what we um, heard uh, a few weeks ago when it's the same word essentially that when uh, Joseph took the baby and went off to Egypt, and it's a preservation. This is not the time for Jesus to take one for the team yet. Um, he withdraws so as to not be under the same uh, result of what John has right here. So, it, which is again an interesting thing. You know, you know, is he? Is he doing this? And and this is something that we always have to keep in mind um, whenever we're living in this old world is God will actually um, do things that we would expect aren't necessarily what we would um, call the most courageous things in our life or that he's going to um, work in different directions than we thought he should. So you'd think, you know, Jesus, stand up against him. Yeah. Nope, withdraw. And so why? Well, this is an interesting thing why Jesus does this, but... We don't have more explanation other than preserve right mm-hmm. now. And so why did he go to Galilee? So Galilee is an interesting place also. This is the northern Judea um, that we're, all, we're the 12 tribes. And that is kind of a bit more of a scandalous place. The place that everybody thought was holy was down by Jerusalem and Zion. And those were considered the more faithful Jews, whereas the tribes that were up in the northern part, up in Galilee, there was a mixture of... Um, some Gentiles. So they were also seen as ones not as faithful and Jewish, 
but this is where Jesus goes to minister. Is he doesn't go down into the religious authorities down where where the temple is. He actually goes out on the margins where the people are, including people that are unclean and amongst the uh, Gentiles. So that's part of this naming. He went up to Galilee to do this. And that's I I just always find it interesting how God is constantly using people that are unexpected. Yeah. To bring about his word. Yeah. I mean, you've got John the Baptist out in the wilderness and yep. he's proclaiming Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. He's yep. there at the baptism and <laughs> once he's saying his sermon's no longer necessary, Jesus right. is here. Yeah, exactly. So what happens to him because his sermon's no longer necessary? He's arrested, he's taken out of the picture. Right, yep. John is taken out, out uh, exit stage left mm-hmm. um, and Jesus is now put on center stage, which mm-hmm. is... An interesting move um, to take take him in and just say, okay, enough. But but you're right, Mason, in um, which is an import, important thing for a preacher to perhaps uh, name in their sermon is how um, Jesus and God always will use those who don't expect it. That's especially a story in Matthew, right? Because mm-hmm. you have the shepherds. Mm-hmm. They don't expect it. No. Now you've got, you know, he's up in Galilee. That's not where you expect him to be going. And then here in a moment, we're going to have these fishermen. Mm-hmm. We're not expecting them either. Mm-hmm. And so these ordinary people, which is the people sitting in the pews or the people out on the street, um, don't discount them just because they're not the, what would be considered the most religious or the faithful people. God also is going to put them in play. I won't even try to pronounce the territories yep. he went into. Yep. Um, eh. Who cares? Zebulun yep. and Naphtali. Good. <laughs> Were those? You're on it. Oh, wow. Yep. Thank you. Um, and again, here's another place. I think it was a few weeks ago. It referred back to um, the Old Testament. Yep. And it does the same thing here yep. when um, it says that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Right. And it says, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, Mm -hmm. on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee, and the Gentiles. Right. And then it keeps going from there. Yep. So there's a regular refrain that what God promised, he does. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so this is really just, this is Matthew, a Jewish author, saying, see, um, this is just the way it was supposed to be, and now it's playing out. So it's... It's not a surprise to the reader of the time. Yeah. Um, it's a kind of a arcane thing for us because a lot of us aren't thinking like Jews were. Jews no. heard these stories every day. We hear the gospel stories much more. We, we Normally, we hear the gospel stories before we hear the Old Testament stories exactly. rather That's than true. the other way yeah. around. Right. You yeah. know, and so this is like, well, of course. Uh, um, and so that's the prophecy. and. And what it is, is it's basically saying, see how God keeps his promises. And it just starts to play out that way. And I've, I've got a question about prophecies. Yeah. And it might be just saying the same thing, just on different sides of the coin. So bear with me. Yeah. So Jesus obviously was aware mm-hmm. of God's promises to his people. Mm-hmm. So by being aware of them, is he then actively going to the places that God promised he would be? In order to fulfill the prophecy, or is he is just Jesus living his life and by him living his life, checklisting it, it's, or? it's fulfilling the prophecy because it just 
is what he's happenstance to be doing. Yeah, it's just that the prophecy said this is what he's going to do, and there was not a choice there. So, because if he is like a checklist, you'd be like, okay, no, no, maybe let, no, it's actually. <laughs> Man, I remember to go to Galilee. Yeah, better <laughs> otherwise, oh, you know, forget that one. You know, but 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 it really is because remember, it's God's word that speaks prophecy, and it's God's word that's out there on the walking yeah. doing, and so it's just God's word doing what God's word does as opposed to God's word checking off to see if God's word is being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So, but it is, it's just that it's the activity of God doing mm -hmm. this whole way. And that's the important part. Mm -hmm. And, but that's also the whole theme of this text is, is Jesus again, having been baptized now is going out and doing what God promised he would do, which yeah. is start to deal with sin, death, and the devil. Yeah. And the, the, the specific prophecy is this, it's, the 16th verse, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. Yes. And keep in mind, that's in the, across the Jordan and the Galilee to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And so what we have in that northern part of, of, the, of Israel there is these people had been run over by the Assyrians. They had political problems. They had, they were, had bad reputations as Jews. They had all these unclean people around them. And so they were getting a bad rap. What happens? God shines light in their lives. Mm -hmm. He actually shines light in the midst of their sin and struggle and death. And mm -hmm. that's actually, again, part of the whole season of Epiphany is the season of light. Mm -hmm. And so this is actually just continuing that theme that, okay, Jesus is baptized. And then each one of these lessons is God coming in saying, here I am. I'm bringing to you what it is I promised to bring light, redemption of the world, getting rid of the darkness. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we hear uh, from that time, uh, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Yep. And Which we uh, hear this quite a bit. I mean, you, you, you hear mean? John the Baptist saying that too. Yeah. yeah. But now Jesus is the one saying it. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. yeah we had John the Baptist or in the season of Advent, you know, you brood of wipers, repent, all that kind of stuff. All the good stuff. Yep. Now we have Jesus saying the same thing. Um, and, but what, what it is, repent the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's basically saying, this is now happening to you. Mm -hmm. And what we have to look at here is a lot of times, and we've talked about this in the past, a lot of times people are here repent and they think it's something they have to do. They're right in that Jesus is using an imperative here. And he also uses an imperative later on in the text when he says, follow me. Mm -hmm. So these are in the Greek imperative. Now, what we need to understand about imperatives is imperatives don't imply choice, which means they don't imply that you are up to it. Mm -hmm. um, they are imply it's done or it isn't done. Mm -hmm. So when you think of an imperative, you know, when I had teenage kids, um, I gave them a par an imperative, be home by 11. <laughs> Am I giving them a choice? No. No. You know, it's going to get done or it's not going to get done. But when now God gives the imperative, such as let there be light, interesting enough, that's an imperative. Yeah. So repent, Jesus says. This is an imperative. This mm -hmm. is not an option and not something that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you know it's not going to happen? Because the kingdom of heaven has come near and it's going to, come. Mm -hmm. And so this is why he's saying, repent. And remember, it's back to that word we've crossed over many times, 
metanoian, which is to have your mind changed because something from the outside is changing that. Well, mm-hmm. that's the kingdom of heaven drawing near, Yeah, is doing this to you. Mm-hmm. And a nice little, uh, you know, um, Cliff Clavin or uh, Jeopardy kind of thing. Uh, this is the exact word, verse, that Luther used to start what we kick off the Reformation. It's the, it's the verse that Luther quotes in the 95 Theses in the very first thesis. Mm-hmm. So this is an important stuff for us evangelically and why we think of it is because it is the word that actually starts to say something is changed. Yeah. Now. When our Lord Master Jesus Christ said repent, uh, he willed the entire life of the Christian to be one of repentance. Exactly. So what's it mean? Uh, this is outside the text, but when Luther says he wills the entire life of the Christian to be of repentance, yep. what does that mean? How can you translate that for us? Basically? Um, he is going to take and create in you a clean heart. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to make new. He is going to remove sin from you. Um, how? By speaking his word, mm-hmm. by doing what he promised to do, um, by ending the tyranny of darkness, the tyranny of death. But everything we do is sin. Yes. And, and he's, that he's that going to ta- change it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, he's going to apocalypse the Christian. Mm-hmm. And it starts in your baptism and continues every day as you keep on hearing, he's your Lord, he's your Lord, he's your Lord. Which means these things aren't your Lord or yeah, she's we, not your Lord. Or, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, to be repented on this is, I think I'm God. Yeah. You know? It's to have your, I think, your I, idols taken from you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's and and that's your, just fascinating that that's the very first of the 95 theses. Yeah. That, that's exactly what Luther used to kickstart the Reformation yep. is repentance, not the forgiveness of sins. Well, I mean, it, obviously that's coming very close down the line, but you need that, yeah. apoc- like you just said, you need that apocalypsing yeah. to start. Yeah. And, and Luther wasn't doing it to start the Reformation, but the fa- his, his epiphany about what a repentant person is, they are passive in being repented, mm-hmm. they're not active, mm-hmm. was what started it. He's like, oh, this is different. Mm-hmm. This means you're not paying for an indulgence. This means you're not deciding these things. This is happening to you. The entire life. The entire life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very profound. Uh, and then we hear, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, cast a net into the sea, for they were fir- fishermen, kind of like you, Dr. Krogan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> out there fishing my Alaska uh, silver salmon and my uh, rockfish and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. interesting because this was a, a different variation of it, but mm-hmm. this was mentioned in the preaching text last week mm-hmm. as well. It was uh, the brothers were brought up, um, although this part where he says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 20, where it says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Mm-hmm. That wasn't included. This is all new this week. Yeah. So again. But it kind of ties into what you were just saying. Right. They're fishermen, mm-hmm. which means they're not theologians, which yeah. means they were not the weekly Bible study. <laughs> you know, they weren't uh, yeah. part of the women's welcome group or, you know, church group. They were out there doing their daily tasks, ordinary people. This is kind of what we were saying before. Um, probably probably somewhat articulate, but maybe not. Probably not well-educated. They didn't need to be. Um, fishermen were on the low end of the social status kind of thing. They weren't, you know, highly regarded. So they were the dock workers that mm-hmm. you'd say today, right? Mm-hmm. And Jesus, again, shows up and uses them. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody that has status. You know, it's just this unexpected thing that he shows up into the everyday life and muck of people. And mm-hmm. then he says, follow me, which is that imperative. That word is an imperative again. And now note, he's not giving them options. Mm-mm. He's saying, I will make you. <laughs> when, when, God, when God says, I will make you, he's, again, not... He's give, just telling you how it is. <laughs> this is the way it's going to go down. And I w- you, you, you no longer have this vocation of feeding um, your family or people. You are going to go out there and catch people. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're going to become something different than you are Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And then immediately, yeah. which is, this is, the gospel Mark uses this all the time too. Immediately. So that there's no transition in between. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's... They didn't think. Well, again, let there be light. Yeah. And immediately there was light. Yeah. And, you yeah. know... Um, he said to them, follow me. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Yeah. Which is quite a big thing because that means they left their livelihood too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll see even... Yeah. Later in the next two, they get called. And then it also says that they actually saw two other brothers, yep. James and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee. Mm-hmm. And so they were doing the same thing. They were mending their nets and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father yes. and followed him. Which, so they even had more at stake. Well, I mean, it was... They had more at stake. Here's an interesting thing. What is the, what's the fourth commandment say? Honor thy father and mother. Yeah. And guess what? God's word trumped it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting thing, which is, again, what Jesus continues to do is he continues to come in and undo what the law would expect us to be doing. So he's not calling the religious folks. He's, not calling, he's, he's up in the area of sinners. Mm-hmm. So there, there's there's everything counter mm-hmm. to what you would recipe in the law. Mm-hmm. And then here's another one. Leave your dad. Mm-hmm. Don't care for him. Don't worry about him. You know. And there's another gospel that says, and they said, well, we need to um, take care of our dead. And well, Jesus said, the dead will take care of themselves. You mm-hmm. Come follow me. Yeah. It, yeah. It, so it, it's just such an amazing thing to get a word from your Lord now. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's Lord. He does these things and he is controlling your life. He's interjecting himself into your life. He is mastering you. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is an amazing thing. But his mastery is with the gospel, bringing light, forgiving sin, dealing with the devil, raising the dead. This is what makes him Lord, not because he's actually purifying people in the law. And so we hear uh, in the last verse, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and carrying every disease and every sickness among the people. So he's, uh, he doesn't just uh, go there for a little bit, for a little detour. Uh, yep. he's, it, he's, Matthew makes it explicit. He's actually doing something in Galilee. Yeah, he, he, he's there for, for a purpose to yeah. fulfill his mission. And he is, now there's a couple of interesting things here. He's teaching, which... This is good. He's kind of catechizing them, but then he's proclaiming the good news. And for some reason, there's a distinction that Matthew makes, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this is an important thing that he's, he's setting them up because teaching is, as a teacher now, having done it for quite a while, is 98% in the law, right? You're telling people, this is what you need to know. This is what's going to help you here in this world. And, yeah. and so it's going to be feel like the law. Yeah. But proclaiming the good news is 
is a sermon of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that you teach. That's something that apocalypses people Mm -hmm. and does something to them. And then caring, curing every disease. Well, this is again in the law, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. Um, But he's doing these things. Mm -hmm. So he's caring for these people. He's, 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 like I said, dealing with sin, death, and the devil um, through these things, but primarily proclaiming the gospel, which isn't good news. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us how God is constantly using unexpected people to bring about his word. Whether he's saying repent or follow me, they are imperatives. He's showing us how it's going to be, much like Dr. Krogan telling his kids to be home by 11. You either do it or you don't. But unlike so many's assumptions that repentance is something we can do, repentance is done to us. You are repented. This is why it was the Kickstarter of the Reformation. You must be named sinner for Jesus to forgive your sins. I want to invite you to listen to Luther House of Studies' newest podcast, Sing to the Lord. Martin Luther said, Next to the Word of God, the art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. To understand the importance of hymnody in the Lutheran Church, Lars Olson and I sit down with Zachary Brockhoff each week to discuss the lectionary's hymns, their meaning, and their history, and how the music preaches the gospel. We hope you enjoy this new venture. Follow or subscribe to Sing to the Lord to hear the weekly episodes. Links to the Sing to the Lord podcast feed are in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, you are repented. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.